When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the NFL Week 3 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Not a great week, too, my friends. 8-8 eight and eight for a slight profit in Week 1. Unfortunately, 6-10 and ten, uh, for a significant loss in Week 2. I have not added up the units yet. I'll tweet them out. I'm guessing it would be a little over 4 units. So with the Week 1 profit, I'm probably down 4 units on the season. Uh, now I could sit here and I could uh, go through all the losses and I could make excuses and blame, you know, bad luck and some bad beats. But, hey, the bottom line is when you're betting on every single NFL game, 272 games, 272 bets, you're going to have some weeks that are bad. Now, it sucks that this bad week happened early. Last year, I built up enough of a cushion that when I had a bad week, I was still in the black and I was completely okay. But when it happens early... Uh, we got to face a little adversity now. We're now down units for the first time in a while in the NFL uh, in terms of a single season. But hey, it's a new challenge. This is something I've not dealt with before. The past two seasons I've started off hot. Uh, obviously not starting off net hot this time. So a little adversity, but we like that. That's okay. Going to learn from the mistakes I've made. We got uh, more stats coming out now that there's a bigger sample size of games. We got more stats, more things to base our bets off of. We're going to be all right. We got a long ways to go. Two games down, six, or two weeks down, 16 weeks still to go. I will say one thing, though, is that uh, I wish I took Jets' money line. My only money line underdog pick this week was the Vikings, which obviously lost. That game just ended. I took Jets uh, by the spread last week but then the next day I had to write an article for the Hammer HQ and if you've uh, been following me on Twitter you know that I've been writing upset pick of the week articles on that website I couldn't just give out Vikings plus 120 it was just too short of an underdog so I decided to find the next uh, like a big underdog that I liked I went with the Jets and they did end up winning outright I wish I had the balls to take them when I recorded the podcast last week but hey for the road to 272 bets the bets I give out on this podcast are the bets that I lock in. So, eight and eight week one for a slight profit, six and ten for a significant loss in week two. But we're all right. We got a long ways to go. It is week three. A lot of close matchups. Uh, one thing I will say: we won Survivor. We're still we're still alive. You're if you're following my Survivor picks, we're still alive heading into week three. Uh, and I even I even think in my pool, I think there's only like thirty five percent of entries that are left so that's a positive how about that i don't really have anything else to say i'm uh, moving this week so i'm living amongst boxes right now um it's 
it's been a I've I've locked in all my picks, but it's just it's 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 a little bit of a wild week in my life. So I got my 16 plays locked in for NFL Week Three. Uh, when I record next week, I'll be in a new apartment. So very excited for that. I have nothing else to talk about. Rate and review this podcast. Help me out by doing that. That would be much appreciated. Other than that, I hope you all enjoyed. I hope uh, your bets are doing better than mine. Uh, if you're tailing mine, I apologize. We'll, we'll, we'll get better here. I got confidence in this week. So without further ado, let's get into the NFL Week 3 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Let's go! The only monster here is the gambling monster that has enslaved your mother. I call him Gamblor, and it's time to snatch your mother from his neon claws! More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 Alright, I will mention really quick, just in case you didn't listen to last week's episode, I am locking in my bets early this season on Sunday night for most games when the lines are released to try to get some closing line value. Got a ton of closing line value last week. Didn't really help me that much, uh, but it's the same way. So I'm going to tell you where I got my bet on. All these bets are verified by BetStamp, uh, and then uh, I will tell you if the line has moved, I'll tell you what I like it up to. Uh, and there, I mean, a big reason why I'm bringing that up is because the Thursday night football game between the Steelers and the Browns, I got the Browns at minus 3 at minus 120 juice on Sunday. As of recording this on Monday night, it has moved up to Browns minus 4.5. I probably would still play that um, because I am just going to continue to fade the Steelers. Yes, they are 1-1. One one. They even you know played to a three-game effort against the Patriots in Week 2. Uh but they were, this is another example. They got completely outplayed outside of turnovers against the Bengals in week one. They won. Week two, they only lost by three points, but they still got severely outplayed by the Patriots. Patriots 5.7 yards per play compared to the Steelers at 4.2. I think the Browns are going to expose their run defense in this game. Steelers played two teams who aren't exactly known as strong running teams, and they still allowed four yards a carry. And a big reason why I liked the Jets last week was that I didn't think Jacoby Brissett looked good at all in Week 1. He actually looked fantastic in Week 2 despite the Browns blowing that lead. So probably the answer with Jacoby Brissett, probably not as bad as he was in Week 1. Probably not as good as he was in Week 2. So he's going to be fine, but this is a game where the Browns should be able to rely on their defense, should be able to rely on the run game. Um, And let's not forget, the Steelers absolute trash offense is one of the worst offenses in the nfl through the first two weeks uh 4.3 yards per play that is 30th in the nfl heading into week three so their offense is trash brown should do enough especially with a run game to take a lead here and win i will take browns to cover and i will say this i need a thursday night football win first two weeks uh, lost both Thursday night football games. It is tough. It's bad for the old morale to go into Sunday's games already down 0-1. I really need a Thursday night football win for my morale, especially after a bad week too. So please, Browns, please, please, please. Browns minus three. I will say the juice I did get on that uh, is minus 120. Uh, and as of recording this, I'm just going to look at just one book for the sake of the podcast. Browns are minus four and a half at FanDuel, minus 112 as of recording this. 
I'd still like him there. If it gets up to five and a half, then the value might switch, or you might even want to look uh, at the under 38 and a half, possibly. Um, but uh, I'd still recommend Browns uh, to win and cover here. I just The Steelers, even though they're playing two close games, do not believe in the Steelers. I think they are trash, and I will ride my opinion about that game. Moving on, we got the Vikings and the Lions. Now, that this line has been locked since the Monday Night Football games. And I'm going to guess that I'm pro I probably got this line at a bad number because I did lock this in Sunday night before the Vikings got just just ass-fucked by the Eagles. That was a, I'm going to hope, as someone who believes in the Vikings, that was their uh, worst performance of the season. To be honest, I mean, they had a lot of scoring opportunities. Just Kirk Cousins threw picks. I really didn't want to believe in the Kirk Cousins primetime narrative, but uh, he did not do me a lot of favors with that tonight. So the line I got of that is Vikings minus 7. And now th thinking of laying minus 7 on the Vikings against the Lions in week 2 now seems ridiculous. I'm going to guess the line it will open up tomorrow morning at a shorter number. Regardless though, I still actually think the Vikings are the play. I think this was a terrible game by the Vikings offense, specifically Kirk Cousins. Um, who was it? Was it Irv Smith that dropped a wide open touchdown? One of the interceptions, Justin Jefferson ran the wrong route. Everything that just could have gone wrong against the Eagles went wrong. Those games happen. Meanwhile, people are getting a little too high on the Lions. A little too high on the Lions. They mostly got shit kicked by the Eagles outside of the backdoor cover in week one. They beat a team that I've been preaching all offseason. I think is one of the worst teams in the NFL in Washington in week two. Uh, and let's not forget how bad the Lions' defense is. Yes, their offense has scored a little bit this season, but their defense is terrible. Seven yards per opponent pass attempt, one of the worst marks in the NFL. And now they're going to take on what I think is one of the best passing attacks in the NFL, despite the goose egg they laid against the Eagles. Uh, Kirk Cousins bounced back game. Justin Jefferson still had a good game, despite running the, uh, a wrong road on one play and causing an interception. Uh, you might want to go in the over, because the Lions are probably going to be a very good over team. Their offense looks competent. Their defense looks like trash. Uh, but I am not going to take the over. Instead, I'll just stick with Vikings to cover. I think it's a bounce back week. I'm not going to overreact to week two results in this game. I'll take Vikings. I think they win big against the Lions. I'm still not sold on the Lions, no matter what other people say. So Lions, minus 7, minus 110. Ravens, Patriots. This is one... Um, that I jumped on the line as soon as it was, was released because I thought it would move in a hurry, and it didn't. Um, the juice has moved slightly. I got Ravens minus 3, minus 110. The juice is minus 114. Listen, I'm not the biggest believer in the Ravens. I don't think their defense is that good, which was kind of proven last week. Um, but only three-point favorites against the Patriots, whose offense looks completely out of sync, uh, was surprising to me. Lamar Jackson. Um, fantastic in week two against the Dolphins. It wasn't necessarily his fault that the Dolphins came back uh, down 21 points in the fourth quarter to win. Uh, I like I like the Ravens in this spot. Like I said, I'm not as high on them, but I'm, is this Patriots offense going to keep up uh, with the Ravens offense? Damn, I don't know. If there was one line this week, now I don't believe in trap lines. I don't really think they exist. I just think it means you're kind of, uh, either the sports book is not evaluating the line rate or you're not evaluating the line rate, one of the two. Uh, but if there was such thing as a trap line, if there's one line where I'm looking at that I am tempted to go the opposite way just because what the line is set at makes no sense, it's this one. Ravens, in my opinion, should be favored by like five and a half, six and a half points, but it's three? Seems kind of crazy. I just don't trust the Patriots offense yet. 
Nothing about the Patriots offense gives me confidence. I will take Ravens minus three, minus 110. I uh, got a couple of money line underdog picks. The first one I'm going with here is in this next game. I'm going to take the Panthers to beat the Saints. Oh, right. I think, uh, and I meant to say this at the start, the theme of this week is buy low, sell high. We are two weeks into the season, and I've talked about this before. Two weeks seems like a long time, and it is in the grand scheme of things of sports, but these are two games. An NBA, NHL, MLB, any other sport, two weeks, you're going to play a lot of games in that time frame. So let's not focus on the fact that we're two weeks into the NFL season. Let's focus on the fact that we're two games into the NFL season. So there's going to be a lot of teams that have not looked good through the first two weeks, Teams, those teams you should bet on this week, and teams that have looked exceptionally good through the first two weeks that you should bet against this week. This is one of those spots. Panthers are going to take them to win outright. They're 0-2. But they played the first two games well. Specifically, their defense has been fantastic. In fact, the Panthers first and opponent yards per play at 4.4. Let me double check that. I know they're top one. Are, are they first? Uh, no, fourth. So I uh, just a straight up typo by me. Uh, no, the first and opponent yards per pass attempt. Um, that is true. Fourth and opponent total yards per play. My point is... And it's right no matter how many typos I make. The Carolina Panthers defense has been fantastic. Now they get to take on a Saints offense that looked bad against the Falcons early, came back late, but then looked atrocious against the Buccaneers. Jameis Winston apparently has a broken back. Uh, Going to be tough to be a good quarterback in the NFL with a broken back. Um, so, yeah, they looked already against a shitty Falcons defense, but against a good defense like the Buccaneers, they look like shit. And now they play on maybe not quite as equally as good of a de- defense as the Buccaneers and the Panthers, but pretty damn close. Don't forget this Panthers defense was very good last year against weak teams. They did struggle at times, and they played strong teams, um, but they are a young defense. I think they probably improved uh, from last year to this year, so I trust this Panthers defense. I think Baker Mayfield still has more in him than what he's shown us. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, still a game-breaker. Uh, going to trust the Panthers in this one. Like I said, I think it's a buy-low spot on the Panthers. Panthers plus 140 against the Saints. Moving on to the toilet bowl of the week. A game between what just might be two of the worst teams in the NFL. It is the Houston Texans against the Chicago Bears. As of right now, the Texans are plus two and a half. I did get them at plus three, but uh, no matter what the line is, I would recommend you follow my general rule, and I've talked about this in the past. When two trash teams, and when I mean trash, I mean two bottom five teams in the NFL take uh, face each other, just take the team getting the points. It's a simple strategy. It probably isn't the best strategy, but it just makes sense to me, especially when it's two teams whose offenses absolutely stink. They're averaging just 14.5 points per game. Uh, The Texans, I think, are last in yards per play. The Bears are like third or fourth last in yards per play. No matter... I'm not laying... If the Texans were favored, I wouldn't be laying points on them either. Like, the, the way these two offenses are, this might end, you know... 5-3, 5-3, two field goals and a safety. Who knows? So neither team gives me a lot of confidence to actually not only win, but win with margin. So instead, just give me the team getting the three points, or in the case, as of right now, the two and a half points. I will take Texans plus three, minus 110. By the way, defenses, if you're, if you're curious. Oh, I almost just choked my own spit for the second week in a row. 
uh, fairly equal. They're both allowing an average of 5.6 yards per play. So your assumption might be the Chicago defense is much better. Not necessarily true. Two trash bottom five teams take each other. Just take the team getting the points and hope it stays close or hope your team wins. Um, yeah, I would feel much better about that than laying points on either of these teams. Uh, Eagles Commanders, another game that the line is locked as of right now. Let me see. Uh, let me check out a different sports book to see if these te- games involving teams for Monday Night Football have updated lines here. Because um, I'm curious where this one's going to move. And I might have ended up getting a bad line. Uh, on this one as well. No, DraftKings also does not have this game. So I took the total in this game. I took the under. It was at 50 and a half at minus 110 when I locked it in. Two things. Uh, I'm going to sell high on both offenses, both the Eagles offense and the Commanders offense. Eagles put up a ton of points both in week one. They look good for the most part in week two against the Vikings and hats off to them. Um, And the Commanders scored uh how many points against 28 points against the jaguars and then they put up 27 points against the lions i don't think i certainly don't think the commander's offense is that good i do not trust carson wentz i do not care what he does in any of these games this commander's offense is going to regress and i think it's the same with the eagles offense too listen i like the eagles hats off to them for what they did against the vikings but that they are not necessarily built as a high-scoring offense. They're built as a run-the-ball, manage-the-game, maybe hit a couple deep shots, but for the most part, they're going to run the ball. I, I just This is a fade of both offenses. Not because I think both offenses are bad, but I think both offenses have been overvalued. And uh, the Eagles' defense looked much better against the Vikings than they did um, in week one against the Lions and the Commanders defense, I think we might still see some upside from them yet. So um, I would set the total at 48.5. So when I betted that under 50.5, I thought we were getting two points of value. Um, so take that for what it's worth looking at the line when it gets re released tomorrow. If for some reason it goes, it goes way lower, if it's at 48.5 or 47.5, then maybe take a look at the Eagles to cover, the Commanders to cover. I can't really help you out there because I don't know if the spread's going to open up either. If the total is higher than 15.5 when it opens up in the morning, uh, then obviously I'd still like the under. But like I said, I set the total at 48.5. It was 50.5 when I locked it in, so I went under 50.5. Eagles and Commanders. Next up is going to be a not-so-popular bet. Listen, my preseason Super Bowl pick was the Indianapolis Colts. My preseason Dark Horse MVP pet, bet, Matt Ryan. They have been trash. Oh, one and one. They got shut out by the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars. They seem like a bad team. They seem like they're not going to win the AFC South. They seem like they're not going to make the playoffs. Matt Ryan looks like a bum, which tells me in week three, now is the time to bet on them. If there is a buy low candidate in the NFL this week, it is the Indianapolis Colts. I got them at plus seven at minus 115 against the Chiefs. Everywhere I look now, for the most part, is plus six and a half. I'd probably still play it at that. I would much rather the plus seven, though, because the magic number of seven, I jumped on it was when I was at plus seven. Buy low spot for the Colts. It seems gross. It seems the way the Chiefs played and the way the Colts have played, this is going to be a blowout. But listen, if this game was week one, if we didn't know what happened these past two games, Chiefs would be like two and a half to three and a half point favorites. This is an overreaction to the first two games. I know Matt Ryan has looked bad. 
I know that the Colts have a lot of injuries, but hopefully they're going to get some back, especially Michael Pittman, because I will say, Colts receivers outside of Michael Pittman stink. Uh, hopefully Shaquille Leonard comes back. Uh, but big, big-time overreaction in the first two weeks. And also, yes, the Colts are 0-1-1. Their defense, though, still ranks 7th in opponent yards per play. Now, a caveat to that is they've played the Texans and the Jaguars. So maybe they're going to regress a little bit now that they're playing the Chiefs. But I just... I need to put these last two weeks out of my mind in a lot of cases. If you told me preseason, before the season started, that I could get the Colts with seven points taken on the Chiefs, I would take it. Don't be shocked if the Chiefs, if the Colts win this game. I'm not taking it. I don't have the balls to do it. I'm still skeptical, skeptical about the Colts, but... <sighs> It's ugly. I gotta stick to my preseason beliefs and and try to remember that a two game sample size is a small sample size. The Colts got unlucky in Week One in a game that they largely will play the Texans, and then Week Two that's gonna be the worst game they're gonna play all year. So Colts plus seven, minus one fifteen against the Chiefs. I'd play it down to plus five and a half, maybe plus six and a half where it's at right now. I'd take it. I don't think it's going to move much further down than that. So plus six and a half, I'd still take the Colts. If you can find a seven out there still, I'd certainly recommend that. Bills-Dolphins, another game that the line has not been released. I might have got a good line on this, and I kind of suspected it because I knew there... Well, I didn't know. I didn't know anything. But I expected them to destroy the Titans, which they did. So I got the Bills at minus four and a half, at minus 110. I'd played all the way up to minus six and a half. Fuck it. This Bills team, this sounds crazy for me to say, especially after I just said don't overreact to two games. This Bills team might not lose a game. Now, I am kind of being tongue-in-cheek when I say that, but they have no weaknesses, or at least they haven't even shown like a like any weak spots through the first two weeks. And it's not like they've... Well, I mean, the Titans were an easy game, but the Rams, they destroyed the defending Super Bowl champions. I don't know, I also think this is a little bit of a sell-high spot on the Dolphins. Let's not forget, yes, the Dolphins, huge comeback against the Ravens, credit to them. Tua has looked fantastic, credit to him. Tyreek Hill has been great, Jalen Waddle has been great, Mike Bedaniel has made some great calls as a head coach. But let's not forget, this Dolphins defense dead last in the NFL right now. In opponent yards per pass attempt or opponent yards, opponent yards per play, opponent yards per play overall, 6.9 opponent yards per play. Opponent yards per pass attempt is even worse than they're dead last in that by a mile, giving up 8.7 yards per play. So you're going to give up 8.7 yards per pass attempt through the air. And now you're going to take on Josh Allen in this Bills pass attack. Good luck. A little bit of a sell high spot on the Dolphins. Uh, like I said, I have Bills at minus six and a half. We'll see what the line opens up at. Uh, if it goes above seven, the value shifts back to the Dolphins. But if it stays under seven, I'd stick with the Buffalo Bills. Bengals, Jets. Um, I swear, I'm going to go broke betting on the Bengals, but I got to keep doing it. It's going to be that uh, Tiger King meme of I'm never going to financially recover from this. They've been terrible. I don't even like, I can't point to any promising statistics. They're in the bottom just about everywhere. Um, I will say though, well, first of all, how stupid is their offensive line making me look? 13 sacks, I think it is, through the first two games. An offensive line that was supposedly much improved. An offensive line that I've gone on shows all offseason saying, look out for the Bengals. 
look at how much better they're going to be now now that they have a top five offensive line in the NFL. Their offensive line has stunk. Now, maybe a portion of that is because none of those guys played in the preseason. Joe Burrow didn't play in the preseason. And also, to be fair, maybe a portion of that was they played against good pass rush teams. They took on the Steelers when TJ Watt was healthy, and then they took on the Cowboys, who have had a fantastic pass rush. So maybe part of that is the reason I hope it is, because I'm going to take the Bengals, once again, minus 4.5, because the Jets don't have a pass rush. The Jets aren't bad. They do some things well. I mean, I did take them last week. But the Bengals, come on, man. Joe Burrow's not throwing the ball down the field. I don't know if that's just a lack of time. I don't know if that's play calling. I don't know if that's his decision making. But this is, once again, I'm trying not to overreact to the first two weeks. It didn't look good so far, but two bad games. Let's hope the Bengals get back on track. Like I said earlier, I can't even back this up with stats like I can with a lot of my picks because the Bengals' stats all stink. If you look basing this solely on the stats of the first two weeks, you got to take the Jets and the points. But I'm not for this game. I'm sticking to my off-season analysis. It's just I I believe in this Bengals team. Their offensive linemen they got were good. Did they all of a sudden just get shitty? Like I don't fully understand it. I'll take Bengals minus four and a half uh, against the Jets. Uh, then we're gonna move on to the Raiders and Titans. Now this I definitely got a good line on. Um, cause before the Titans game kicked off, the Raiders were up to minus one. Um, and I bet you they're going to be minus two, two and a half when it opens up the next morning. Cause the Titans, as I've been saying all off seasons, as I've been saying in the first two weeks, the Titans fucking suck. I took the Raiders at minus one oh eight. lay whatever kind of points you want to on the Raiders. Go ahead. The Raider, the Titans stink. It's the same thing I've said about Derrick Henry, which has been true, proven truth of, through the first two weeks. Uh, Derrick Henry is washed. I tweeted it tonight. It's time for us as a society to accept the fact that he's washed. 3.9 yards per carry against the Giants. 1.9 yards per carry against the Bills. Some people are blaming it on the offensive line. I don't really know. He looks slow to me. He looks hurt. Um, I'm done with Derrick Henry. I'm done with the Titans because that's their entire offense. So if your entire if the guy that your entire offense revolves around starts playing like shit, you don't really have anywhere else to go. So, And their defense sucks. The Bills did whatever they wanted against them. The Giants uh, moved the ball up and down the field against them. This is The Raiders are going to crush them. I'd play this. I, I, I wrote in my notes here. I'd play it up to minus 3.5. I don't think it's going to get any higher than that. I think it's going to open tomorrow morning at minus 2.5. Uh, so take the Raiders. Do whatever you want with them. Toss their money line in a parlay. Play them in Survivor. I think Raiders crush the Titans in Week 3. The Raiders, who both the first two weeks I felt, oh, play their opponents and then came away with two losses. So take that for what it's worth. Raiders minus 108 is where I got them in on the opening line. On the money line against the Titans. Uh, and that is it for the early slate of games on Sunday. Let's take a quick break. I'll be right back with my picks for the late afternoon games. Be right back. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 
Okay, and we are back. Let's start with the late afternoon slate. Let's start with my Atlanta Falcons. I'm going to take them to win outright to beat the Seattle Seahawks. Plus 120 on the money line. It is time to bet on my beautiful boys. 0-2 straight up, but 2-0 against the spread this season. What do they say? They say good teams win, but great teams cover. I kind of like the Falcons because I know they're not going to make the playoffs. I never thought they were going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they had that big choke lead against the Saints, but... Uh, when you don't really care or don't have expectations, it kind of makes it fun to watch your team, especially because they have some guys on this team, man. Marcus Mariota has looked okay. Drake London looks like a beast for, he might be the best rookie receiver so far this season. Uh, they're not throwing the ball to Kyle Pitts, which is a little bit confusing, but I'll give Arthur Smith time to figure that out. Um, yeah, I kind of like this Falcons team. And one issue that the Falcons have, though, is their offensive line. They're not going to get a pass rush from the Seahawks. Like, the Seahawks can't take advantage of the Falcons' weaknesses. So that's why I like the Falcons here. The Seahawks severely outplayed by the Broncos in Week 1. They ended up winning, uh, but then got severely outplayed against the 49ers. Only gained 4.6 yards per play. Um, And for some reason, Pete Carroll seems intent on just throwing the ball all game. Geno Smith threw 31 times. Uh, against uh, the 49ers. They only ran the ball 14 times. That seems crazy. I know Geno Smith had that feel-good win in Week 1, but let's not forget, like, Geno Smith was a backup for almost his entire career for a reason. Geno Smith, not a good quarterback. Guy who was drafted high, had a chance to start, didn't deliver, has been a backup ever since. That is for good reason. Um, And now they get to go up against a Falcon-strong secondary of A.J. Terrell and Casey Hayward. So, Falcons have looked solid in the first two weeks. The offense, dare I say, is kind of effective, as Daisy knocks over my headphones. Uh, offense kind of effective, especially, you know, against a solid Rams defense. Mariota's been decent. The receivers have looked great. I don't know. Their defense stinks, but I think their defense uh, gets to tee off on a bit of a bad offense here in the Seahawks. I think Falcons win this game outright. I got them at plus 120 on the money line. Next up, we got Jaguars-Chargers, the most confusing game of the week to me. I flip-flopped back and forth. I actually didn't lock in this bet until right before I recorded because I couldn't decide where to go Sunday. I couldn't decide where to go all day Monday. Where I settled was the over. Uh, Pretty simple handicap, to be honest, and it's not a very intelligent one, but I'm not a professional better, and, you know, sometimes you're going to get dumb reasoning from me. Uh, I took the chart, the over in both the Chargers' first two games. Neither hit. It's got to hit sometime. I mean, I don't know what to do in this game. How healthy is Justin Herbert? Nobody knows. How good are the Jaguars? I don't really know. Maybe they are good. They just shut out the Colts. Their offense is averaging 5.5 yards per play. Chargers' offense averaging 5.4 yards per play. Statistically, even though the Jaguars have, have had an easier schedule, um, they're statistically better than the Chargers so far. Both teams are finding the end zone at a high clip. 62.5% of red zone trips uh, end with a touchdown for the Chargers. 57.14% of Jaguars red zone trips result in a touchdown. And here's a little interesting tidbit that put me over the edge here. They rank second and third in QB sacked percentage. So their offensive lines are doing a great job of protecting their quarterbacks. And if a quarterback has time to throw... Increased time to throw usually means more completions. More completions usually means more points. So I think I'm just going to keep betting on overs and Chargers games until they hit. So for the third week in the row, in a row, give me the over in a Chargers game. Jaguars, Chargers over 47 and a half minus 110. 
Uh, Rams, Cardinals. I got a bad line on this. It's a four and a half when I bet it. It's down to four, but I'll take the Rams here. I don't care what happened in week two with the Cardinals in the fourth quarter. I think this Cardinals team stinks. And I think the Rams still have a lot to show, and they're still going to prove to people why they are the defending Super Bowl champs. So obviously, they got their ass kicked by the Bills. We saw three quarters of how good of a team they are against the Falcons until they let the Falcons crawl back into it. But make no mistake about it, the Rams are still one of the best teams in the NFL. I think they're going to start hitting their stride here. And my biggest concern, the big, biggest reason why I like the Rams here, Cardinals secondary, real issues, giving up 7.7 yards per pass attempt, 29th in the NFL. So with that depleted secondary, now they have to go up against Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. I think the Rams are going to score at will. And uh, not a believer in the Cardinals offense. We'll see when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Maybe that'll change things, but still don't believe in them. I'll take Rams minus four and a half against the Cardinals at minus 110. And then we are looking at the Packers and the Broncos. I got Packers plus three minus 110. I see the line is down to plus two and a half. I still like them at that number. If you want to get aggressive, uh, I would not even hate if you want to take uh, the Packers money line in that one. Um, yes, Buccaneers 2-0 straight up and against the spread through the first two games. But there are a lot of red flags that make me nervous about betting on them in this matchup against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. For example, they're averaging only 4.8 yards per play this season. That ranks 26th in the NFL. Buccaneers offense has been bad. Now, the Packers, despite only scoring seven points in week one against the Vikings, they're still averaging 5.9 yards per play. That ranks 10th. And Green Bay's weakness on defense, and we saw this get exposed late in the game against the Bears, despite, you know, they obviously blew the Bears out. But the Bears ran the ball well on the Packers. The Vikings also ran the ball well on the Packers. Uh, but the Packers run, so the Packers run defense is bad. The Buccaneers can't run the ball. They haven't ran the ball effectively all season. They're averaging just 3.6 yards per carry, which is 27th in the NFL. If the Packers didn't have, or if the Buccaneers didn't have the defense that they do, they'd be 0-2 on the year. And now they're going to go up against a Packers team that I think has the tools to at least stay close. They may not even need to score that much to stay close with the Buccaneers in this game. I like the Packers plus three, plus two and a half, the number they're at. And if you want to get aggressive, I wouldn't even hate Packers money line, but just with how the defenses play, I'll take the points. Sunday Night Football, 49ers against the Broncos. This line has completely shifted. I managed to take the 49ers on the money line when they were underdogs at plus 115. The line has now flipped. Broncos were small favorites, and now 49ers are small favorites. I'm looking at them now, minus one. Still like them, though. Uh, I will say, if I knew Jimmy G was going to play the majority of the game against the Seahawks last week, I would have bet on the 49ers. I actually think Jimmy G is a better quarterback for the 49ers uh, than Trey Lance. I know that's not completely fair, considering we haven't seen Trey Lance play. But what we've seen from him was not impressive before the injury. What we do know about Jimmy G is he led this team to a Super Bowl. He led this team to an NFC Championship. He might not be the most flashy quarterback in the world, but he's an effective game manager, and I think he's a great quarterback for the system that they play in. People hate on Jimmy G. I think he's a good quarterback. I'm sorry. I do. 
So now we have the same 49ers team as we had last year. A 49ers team that once again went to the NFC Championship and was very close to advancing to the Super Bowl. 49ers defense, second in opponent yards per play, first in opponent yards per carry. Russell Wilson struggled going against the Seahawks defense and then the Texans defense. And now they're going to take on the 49ers defense, which is leagues above those two teams. Seahawks defense and Texans defense got to be two of the worst defense in the NFL. Now he has to take on the 49ers defense. Nathaniel Hackett looks like he is not cut out to be a head coach. It's a shit show in Denver. I'm surprised. Even I was shocked the 49ers were underdogs. Now I'm surprised that they're only slight favorites. I'd take the 49ers up to like minus three and a half probably. Minus two and a half for sure. Take the 49ers against the Broncos. Uh, that's Sunday night football. And then it leads us to Monday night football. Cowboys Giants and I'm going to take the Cowboys even money uh, plus three even money I got them at against the Giants here down to plus two and a half still I would take that uh, on them as well because I think it is time to sell high on the Giants yes 2-0 yes they did manage to get those two wins hats off to them I have no faith in Daniel Jones though I do not especially against this Cowboys pass rush rush Cowboys are sixth in opponent yards per play third in sack percentage I actually talked about how I didn't think the Cowboys defense was good heading into the year, but they shut down for the a large majority of the game. They shut down the Buccaneers offense, and then they single-handedly won that game for the Cowboys against the Bengals, which is one of the best offenses from last year. So shout out to the Cowboys defense. They have been fantastic through the first two games. And here's what is probably going to sound like a hot take. I don't know if Cooper Rush is that bad of a quarterback. 60.6% completion percentage in his career, four touchdowns. He has only thrown one interception, and he's thrown 7.7 yards per pass attempt. He's also won both games that he has started. I'm sure going to look stupid when he throws like three interceptions this game, but I kind of Cooper Rush might not just be bad. He, he might he's not fantastic, but he might be okay. He might be a quarterback that can lead a team to a win, a team that has a run game, a team that has some weapons, a team that has a defense, especially against the shitty Giants team that I know they're 2-0. Uh, I even bet on them in week one, but they're not good. <laughs> they're they're not good. Uh, so there you go. Those are my picks. I will recap them really quick. I'll then give you my survivor pick for the week, my teaser pick, and my best bets. So let's recap all the picks here. I'm on Browns minus three, minus 120. Vikings minus seven, minus 110. Ravens minus three, minus 110. Panthers plus 140 on the money line against the Saints. Texans plus three, minus 110 against the Bears. Eagles, Commanders under 50 and a half, minus 110. Colts plus seven, minus 115. Bills minus four and a half, minus one ten. Bengals minus four and a half, minus one ten. Raiders minus one oh eight on the money line against the Titans. Falcons plus one twenty against the Seahawks. Jaguars, Chargers over forty seven and a half, minus one ten. Rams minus four and a half, minus one ten. Packers plus three, minus one ten. Forty Niners plus one fifteen on the money line against the Broncos. Cowboys plus three plus 100 against the Giants my survivor pick this week so in case you haven't listened to last week's episode took the Eagles in week one they survived took the Rams week two that got a little sketchy near the end but that survived 
Week three. This is going to be stupid. I'm going to live to regret it. I think I'm going to take the Falcons against the Seahawks. If you're in a survivor pool, at some point you need to take shitty teams, obviously. You have to pick. If you get if it lasts all the way to week 18, you can't. there's not 18 good teams to bet on. If you can spot a, a, a time when you, can, you think you can win taking a shitty team, you got to take it. I think the Falcons be I think the Falcons are leagues above the Seahawks. Well, not leagues. I think the Falcons are one league above the Seahawks. And they're underdogs. I think I'm going to take the Falcons. Right now, Falcons are locked into my survivor pool as my pick. I might switch them to the Raiders, full disclosure. So I'm either going Falcons or Raiders uh, against the Titans, but right now I have the Falcons locked in. I think now is time my time because I took the Eagles. I took a good team week one. I took the Rams. I took a good team week two. It's time for me to take a shot on a shitty team and hope for the best. And I don't think I'm going to get a better spot on the Falcons all season than right now against the Seahawks. So I think I'm going to take the Falcons. Let's go. Let's get a win. My teaser. Teasing Chiefs down from minus 6.5 down to minus 0.5. And Chargers from minus 7 down to minus 1. So you got Chiefs minus 0.5. Chargers minus 1. Pretty easy one. My teaser did lose last week because the fucking Rams uh, had that blocked punt late in the game. I teased them down to minus 4.5, and, and they only won by minus 4. My five best bets, Panthers against Saints, Raiders against Titans, Bengals against Jets, Falcons against Seahawks, Packers against Buccaneers. All five of those teams to cover are my five best bets. My totals that I'm on this week did not make it in best bets, so all five bets are spread bets. I guess I'm personally on the money line, but if you're just talking my best spread bets, Panthers, Raiders, Bengals, Falcons, Packers. All right, we need a big bounce back week. Thank you all for listening to the NFL Week 3 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Gambler, bless. Good luck with your picks this weekend. I'll talk to you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.